Sans Pants Radio, Australia's least coherent podcast network. Welcome to a very special bonus episode of Total Reboot. Cameron and I are brought to you today by the podcast Generation Batuta. Very exciting, very funny podcast. There's six episodes and they're all available exclusively on Spotify. And you know what? Now is the best time of all to be listening to podcasts. Absolutely. I adore listening to podcasts almost as much as I adore making them, baby. (laughs) You must really like them. I absolutely really like them. How much do you like them? Like out of 10, would you say like 10? Oh, wow. Yeah, probably 9 out of 10. Like... Honestly, like because podcasts are such a big part of my life, there are point times where I do feel betrayed by them. So, you know, <laughs> I guess I can't really go all the way up to 10. No, that's true. Would you agree? <laughs> um, you know what? I'm going to give it a 10. I'm going to give it a 10. And you know what? On some days, Whoa. even an 11. Oh, my God. You're talking about this is Spinal Tap style. You like them Spinal that Tap much. Style. That Spinal it- Tap style. Spinal Tap style. Oh, my God. That's awesome. I love talking movies. I love using movie references to create comedy between two friends. And that's why I'm going to go up to 11 as well and give this podcast a rating all the way up to 11. <laughs> Listen to Generation Batuta on Spotify. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Enjoy it. Uh, the episode you're about to hear that is this bonus episode is an unlocked episode Behind the paywall, that is patreon.com slash total reboot. Uh, these episodes are available to you every couple of weeks. Uh, the, it's a little mini series that we do right now called Total Respect. Now, what is Total Respect, Cameron? Total Respect is something that uh, Rodney Dangerfield never had. He never got it. But where the comedians trying to bring on that legacy and make a big change in this world and show respect to our elders. That's exactly what Total Respect is all about. We pick an actor, an actor who is either incredibly sung or unsung, Mm -hmm. and we just lay it all out there about them. We talk about what we love about them, our favorite roles of theirs, cool hairstyles that they may have had at different parts of their career. (laughs) We really lay it all out there. Uh, We've got episodes about Adam Sandler. We've got episodes about... Scarlett Johansson's one of my favorite ones that we've got, Eddie Murphy, and we've just put one up right now that is available behind that Patreon paywall as of today that is all about who? Is this the Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson one? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it's the episode where we talked about new Australian <laughs> citizens, Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson. And also, by virtue of that, their son, Chet Hanks, okay? <laughs> and yes, Cameron and I did pop our lids off when we did the episode, okay? We did it lidless. Yeah, we no did shirts. do it shirtless and freshly inked. That's the most respectful way to do it. Um, but you know what? I think the reason that we've decided to uh, give you a little taste of these Patreon episodes right now is because we are in a very interesting time mm-hmm. culturally all around the world. People are being instructed to self-isolate, and that includes Alexi and I. We are both self-isolating right now in separate houses. Yes, I am in Blu-ray studios and Cameron is in, I guess, DVD studios. DVD studios, the offshoot of the podcast (laughs) that we very rarely record in. Yeah. But I'm here solo now. I'm rocking out. I've got an awesome DVD of me, myself and Irene in front of me. (laughs) That's why it's DVD studios, not DVD studios. It's singular. Cameron just owns one copy of me, myself and Irene on DVD, pan and scan one side. You flip it over. You got widescreen on the other. (laughs) That's exactly right. So we are self-isolating in order to make you more content Mm -hmm. without possibly infecting each other so uh you know what this little this little episode will give you a little taste of what you're in for inside the patreon if you'd like to join the patreon 
we very much encourage that. Yeah, it's five bucks a month to get to you access to Total Respect, a bunch of other bonus episodes that we've done, uh, including one that we'll announce at the end of this episode that ties into next week's mini series that we'll give you a heads up all about at the end of this episode, but also gives you access to this awesome community that we have on Facebook uh, called the Cinephile Registry. We just talk about movies all the time, especially right now. It's been very comforting having like this group of people, this active community, just talk about movies, giving each other recommendations, laughing around, talking about VVF, the Vince Vaughn factor. How does this factor into the pandemic going right now? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Basically. And also, you know, honestly, Cameron and I, most of our work these days, we are live entertainers primarily. Uh, That's where a lot of our income comes from. A lot of our income comes from this podcast, from this Patreon as well. So if you feel like you need a little bit more entertainment, a little more things to lift your spirits, something to do, some ways to watch some more movies and stuff, um, and also a really good way for us to help give you a few extra laughs and a little more spliffs and sploofs. Uh, Cameron, introduce the episode that you're about to freaking hear. Okay, babies. Jungle Babies, Reboot Rats, and Root Rats. (laughs) Please open up your ear holes and force those earbuds deep down, as far down into the hole (laughs) as you can. Shove them in there. Absolutely push them them. deep in there, right up against the drum. Get a freaking jaw of life, open up your ear hole and shove (laughs) the whole laptop or iPhone in there, okay? Play it on the speaker. And listen to and enjoy this very special bonus episode of Total Respect about Tom Cruise. Welcome to another exciting and fascinating edition of Total Respect, the podcast (laughs) where we talk about icons and legends of screen that we totally respect. And we totally respect these stars. Mm. And we came up with that title just after I hit record of this. Yeah. And we love it. I think total respect is respectful. Mm, it's very respectful in its totality. And I'd love to finally have an outlet mm-hmm. to pay my total respects to certain people such yes, as yes, Robert yes. De Niro. Yes, Robert De Niro, one of the greatest uh, actors of his generation, of my generation, of your generation. Of course, you're millennial. I'm a Billie Eilish kid. <laughs> Zennial. Yeah, Zennial, you know, we, yeah. you know, we love Billy. But today, we're not talking about an Italian man at all. No, no, no. We are talking about a guy barely from this planet. Yeah, this guy's <laughs> from, I don't know, planet Neptune? From a Zenit? Yeah. He's a Zenial. This guy's a Zenial. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're talking, of course, about Thomas Cruise Mapatha the Fourth. Yes, the master. The maestro. The Mingus. The Maverick. Oh, okay. That's a real one. That's a real one. You did not play one. Charles Mingus in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> but we've talked about Tom Cruise, Thomas Cruise. We've talked about Thomas Cruise Mapper the Fourth many times on this podcast. Oh, uh, yeah. About 69 times. About 69 times. You know, let me count them up, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> Carry the two. Yeah, about 69 times. Oh, is it? I don't know. You do the math. <laughs> <laughs> but he's one of those. He's a. To- he's one of those actors that, despite their flaws, despite their insane uh, persona out there in the world and all the little mysteries about them, that we totally respect anyway. He's also an actor that you have an opinion on. Mm, Everyone, absolutely, no matter who you are, you have an opinion, and often it's a binary opinion. It's either love or hate. Yes, this is a guy who I reckon I've shown. His best performances to my wife in in a way that you're like it's like when you show someone some music that you love, yep. like showing someone Radiohead or something, mm. or like something that's like a little more niche, yeah, like fucking some prog rock. Uh, some prog. I feel like I've shown Alex Tom yep. Cruise performances, and she can watch them and go, "Yeah, he's very very good," but mm. then still hates him. Yeah. And I don't know why, because I freaking love him. I watch him, you watch him, and what do I say? You complete me. Exactly. This guy rules. This guy Mm. is the shit. We've talked about him on this podcast. (laughs) He's the shit. (laughs) (laughs) The guy is unequivocally the shit. This guy's the shiznit. God, he had me at freaking Top Gun. 
Yeah, actually, you know what? I hadn't seen Top Gun until this year. Me too, and I did not like Me it. Me neither. I thought it sucked. <laughs> and we're go- I will have to cover it on the podcast. You're a big Tony Scott guy. I love Tony Scott, and I will watch the new one. Yeah, of course. It's to. going to be awesome. We have to. It's our, it's our lot in life. It's, it's our curse. It's the cross that uh, we're forced to carry. Yeah. Now, and uh, we are Christ-like. We are Christ-like. Who, what have we talked about? Have we, we've talked about Mission Impossible. We've talked about the Mission Impossible franchise. We did the whole thing. Yeah. Which um, we would be remiss not even to freaking bring up in this conversation because yeah. it is the franchise that defines him. It's his franchise. Yes, he's he, the auteur of it. He's the auteur. He brings on other auteurs to shoot the camera, to point it at him and Stuff yeah, he like goes, that. yeah, 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 guys, you put the camera there, you put the lights on me, I'm going to jump over this thing. Yeah. Basically, it's Tom Cruise, okay? Okay, it's a Tom Cruise movie, Mr. But I'm going to see you putting a freaking uh, split the optic on there. Fucking Macquarie, you put fucking whatever yeah. you want on there and you do whatever, because I don't care, I'm Tom Cruise. Hey, Mr. Bird, don't fly away. Point the camera at me, we'll make a freaking move. I'm on the top of this building, idiot. Okay, Stooge, I'm going to run down this building, you Stooge. <laughs> okay, Stooge. Uh, hello, <laughs> Mr. JJ. <laughs> Put the freaking JJ jeans down, okay? And start pointing the freaking camera at me. You stooge. I'm you about freaking... to do a freaking stunt. I'm going to flip my shit, dude. <laughs> I'm about to flip my shit off, dude, okay? Listen, we're hanging out in Sydney, Australia, okay, Mr. John Wu? While you're here, put the freaking uh, Melbourne cappuccino down <laughs> and capture me in these golden chinos over here. <laughs> I'm going to kick Richard Roxburgh's ass. Yeah, I'm going to kick a bit of sand. Gun's going to come up. Bang, bang, shoot. End of the movie. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to hire that dove, that little bird, to direct the next one. Yeah. Rat bird, that is. <laughs> so, so, we've talked about him a lot. It's interesting mm. because Ethan Hunt is, uh, you know, it seemed like a real flash-in-the-pan idea originally, mm. a Mission Impossible. It's a reboot of a TV show. We've talked about this already. But he's been playing it for... All of the second half of his career mm. so far, he's allegedly playing it at least two more times. Yeah. It's going to be the role that defines him, mm. it's, for better or worse. It's his legacy, baby. Yeah. Like, it truly is his legacy because he's proven that he does what only he can do, which is survive uh, Final Destination-like <laughs> things happening to him. Yeah, but he, he was sort of, you know, like... He's always had a love-hate mm. relationship with action as yeah. a genre because, I mean, I think he largely avoided it for most of mm. his career, especially after Top Gun. He didn't want to be typecast as the action guy. Yeah. So he sunk his fucking big old chompers. And which one of them, yes, we do know is in the center it's of his freaking mouth. Centered, yes. We and know it's centered. deliberate, okay? Okay, he did it on you purpose stooge. to look awesome, okay? <laughs> so he, he sunk those chompers into heavy, dramatic <laughs> yeah. roles. And, mm. and I'd say for like a good 10, 15 years there, that's all he did mm. until he sort of Jumped over a couch one day and then yeah. ended up back in the action, having fun franchise that he belongs in. Yeah, but I think um, like what, like you know, stuff like French Vanilla, uh, vanilla Sky, French Vanilla Sky, <laughs> which is about an espresso pod, <laughs> French Vanilla Press. <laughs> Dude, that's a remake of a Spanish movie with also yes, Penel- we, I I, we have to do that. I know. I saw Vanilla Sky once when I was like a teenager, and I reckon it pops up into my head all the time. Yeah, hell yeah. Never seen it. Maybe we'll do it in another life when we were cats. Line from the movie, never left my head. Jeez Louise. That's um, awful. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. Cameron Crowe also did Jerry Maguire with him. Mm, but we mm. picked out four of the other performances that, you know, are interesting along the career of Tom Cruise. Yeah. And we'll kick things off with the first in our chronological order that we're going to go through um, is a movie that earned him his first Academy Award nomination for Best Actor. Mm. The movie is Oliver Stone's. Born on the 4th of July. Do you know who was born on the 4th of July? Two fellas. One guy called Ron Kovics, who's a subject of this film that Tom Cruise plays. Another fella is a guy that was born into this world under the name Thomas Cruise Mapatha the 4th. That's how he got the role, I guess. They said, they looked up in, <laughs> they looked up in the chronology who's born on the 4th of July. 
hang on, this guy doesn't even have to act in this movie. <laughs> he's going to be lived real. It. He's lived the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> but this is a movie about Ron Kovics, who's a guy who returns from the Vietnam War, um, <clears throat> and it is he's a veteran of the war. He has he's come back now in a wheelchair, and this is like one of the essential films of Oliver Stone's. Uh, you know, Vietnam trilogy, which begins with Platoon. This is the middle one. And then he made this other strange movie that I've never seen that has Tommy Lee Jones in it. I think it's called like Between Heaven and Earth or something like that. Never seen it. But this mm. is, I would say, Platoon won like Best Picture and all that stuff when it came out. Best Director for Oliver Stone. I think Born the Fourth of July is way better because it's got a tremendous performance at the helm of it that is Tom Cruise kind of like doing this it's what he does in this film like is complete method he's like in the chair Mm. and uh, he's like looks grubby he looks sad he's got these big emotions and it's kind of like this great turn for him this guy's kind of like you know played you know, at this point in time, it is, I think, 1989. Yeah. Top Gun's happened. Mm. His bigger, you know, earlier movies have happened. Rain Man's happened. To him to just play someone who's a true, real person who represents, like, the people that have come back to the war and found America rejecting them yep. or uh, found themselves worse, worse off after the war in this way that now he is disabled, he is confined to a wheelchair. Mm. And I think that any other year in the history of cinema, he would have won best actor for this performance. Do you know who did? Yeah, Daniel Day-Lewis, My Left Foot. Similar sort Which of thing, is probably right? the yeah. only other performance that ever, in any other year, would beat this. I actually think that not winning for this award, that he really kind of like sacrificed his body for a little bit, yeah. did fuck with Tom Cruise's head. I think so. It really was a blow to him because he'd been fighting all through the 80s against his like teen idol status. Mm, his teeny bopper status. He was never really like a... <clears throat> like a Brat Packer, but he was yes. Brat Packer adjacent. He started in the Outsiders with a lot of those guys that would go on to become idols. Which is interesting because if you had to say anyone was an outsider of the Brat Pack, which famously came together in a movie yes. by Francis Ford Coppola called The Outsiders, yes. you would say Tom Cruise is the Tom outsider. Tom Cruise is the Outsiders. He's in a movie called The Outsiders. Yes, he's in it. So it's one of the funniest things that you can That is together. really funny. It's a joke that you just lay all the groundwork for and then yeah. you're laughing no it's matter what. It's just so funny. <laughs> So I think he really put a lot of his heart and soul into this character. Yeah. And um, and also, people didn't want to see him in this role. Mm. When it was announced that he was playing this real-life yeah. person, people were like, that's like... Imagine um, what what would he, a modern equivalent of that would be like if um if like you Harry were, Styles was cast as yeah uh, as, as like FDR or yeah, something like yeah, that yeah. or you know if we had freaking like you know Zac Efron playing uh, a Guantanamo Bay yeah <laughs> like, yeah people were someone, just were like what this doesn't make sense yeah what is this but he's a marvelous performance it's it's really heartbreaking this film I think it is. Um, of like the great Vietnam War movies, I find it strange that this one has been the one that's been forgotten. Mm. Um, I think that uh, I, Oliver Stone also won Best Director for this film as well. Right. I don't know what won Best Picture that year. Probably like, I think it was, dude, I think it was Driving Miss Daisy. I think it was Driving so Miss funny. Daisy. Funniest movie ever. One, very funny, funny tete-a-tete between everyone. <laughs> but you know, it's a pretty decent year for film to think that like My Left Foot, Born the Fourth of July, Do the Right Thing. I think that's the, that's a that's a great lineup of films. Yeah, I hope that's um from the era, or I've just made lots of shit up. Imagine if you just made up that whole list off the top of your head. But you know what's incredible is that I think no one would ever doubt me to listen to this. Yeah, of course they've bought in. I believe in. you. I'm sitting opposite you. I don't know if you're telling the truth. I speak with the conviction of a man that has sunk many an hour into. Uh, IMDB learning all this stuff. Let's have a look right now. 1989. 1989. 1989. It is 1989, and I do know for a fact that it is the same year that uh, Do the Right Thing was not nominated for Best Picture and Driving Miss Daisy did win. Actually, I don't know if that's true. Let me just double-check that. Let's see. Oscars, Academy Awards. I'll be... So, what do I have to give you if you're right about this? Okay, Best Picture. It did win Best Director. I was right. Best Film Editing. Academy Awards. Okay. Let me click this. 
Okay, let's see. Awards. Driving Miss Daisy, Richard D. Zanuck, Whoa. Best Picture, Best Actor, Daniel Day-Lewis, Milo Foot, Best Actress, Jessica Tandy, Driving Miss Daisy. There we go, baby. Awards are bullshit, man. Yes, they are. I've always said that. They're bull spit, bull pistol twist. Okay, it's the whole thing. <laughs> it's the whole kit and caboodle. But can I tell you before we move on from this film? No. There's one thing that has stood out for me. No, no, I'm right. still going no, right, about through right. that. I've always remembered, like you know, when you just like I watched this movie when I was like 14 or 15, mm-hmm. and I was very young and dumb and like you know, full of what? Full of lots of enthusiasm for cinema. Cinematic, unbridled, miraculous enthusiasm. If you could, like, you know, condense that into, like, a word, I don't know. To what? Like, make a, you know, an acronym of it. Yeah, if you could make an acronym of it. I don't know. Come. Okay. (laughs) Uh, But uh, I would say that uh, there's a scene in this movie that's, like, this big dramatic moment. I'm like, this dumb kid watching this movie and. Tom Cruise is like riding, like wheeling his wheelchair. He's riding it. <laughs> He's riding. <laughs> He's wheeling his wheelchair up a hallway, like screaming. He's like mm. returned home and like, you know, yelling. He's like at his lowest point and he pulls his like catheter out of his pants. Yeah. He's like, I need this. I need this to piss. I don't have, it doesn't work and all that stuff. And in my head at that time, I'd never heard of a catheter before. I'd never seen one or anything. Yeah. And I thought, like just for a split second, and it stayed with me since then for 15 years, that that was Tom Cruise's real dick. And he pulled it out, and no one's ever gone, wow, Tom Cruise is this weird noodle dick, and no one had the courage to tell him what that was. And Because I'd never seen that before, and I thought he had like this weird long noodle dick. I'm like, here it is, here's my dick. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> You did not think that was It was dick. a split second, bro. Oh so then I had God. to go like, okay, that's obviously not his actual dick. That has to be <laughs> something that's helping him use his bodily functions. So you had to put two and two together. I had to do the math. You know, that you was a moment math. where Nathan Lane took the audio commentary saying, okay, now you have to do the math here. <laughs> but I really, it was a, like, you know, a split second up to 40 seconds of me going, what the hell is that thing? Jeez Louise, uh, and to think that uh, we'll never get to see Tom Cruise's dick, probably. Probably, God, unless he has like an open casket or something. He's <laughs> nude. <laughs> it's bottom half only open. Yeah. <laughs> You'll never know who's Finally, in here. Okay. And there's like, well, he does have a long noodle dick. <laughs> Uh, the next movie on the list was one that you definitely wanted to talk about. Mm. Movie I haven't seen for quite a long time, but yeah. you know, got a lot of time for it. Well, and you're going to have to have a lot of time um, for it because it's very long. Speaking of Tom Cruise's dick, mm. this movie features quite a long sequence where mm. he's just in his tidy whities yeah. and uh, he got quite a bit of buzz for that package. Yeah. Because um, it seems if you you know if if you think the guy's not stuffing, mm-hmm. he's got quite a decent hog down there. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yeah, he's packing quite a and, piece. Uh, and the director of this film, the film, of course, is Magnolia. The director, of course, is Hog Thomas Anderson. Hog Thomas Anderson <laughs> has gone on record as saying, um, when when asked if that was Tom Cruise's real dick, he's gone on record as saying, the guy's the biggest movie star in the world. Of course he has the biggest dick. Wow. So there you go. Dang, dude. The guy's got a big hog. This is the and character. It's all noodly and thin. <laughs> <laughs> but he wraps it around itself and stuffs it into undies, and it looks decent. It looks like the biggest dick in the world. This is the character of Frank T.J. Mackey. Um, mm. It's a film I haven't watched in a long time either because mm. it's it's one of those films that I think for. Me and maybe you as well. It, you know, when you're getting into cinema and you're learning about Paul Thomas Anderson, this is like you, the contemporary greats. And yeah, stuff. this is considered like one of the you know one of the new great bits of film. But I think it's such a raw, emotional film that I almost can't bring myself to watch it again. Mm. And I think even Paul Thomas Anderson has kind of gone on record as going. Yeah, I probably could have toned it down a little bit. Yeah, and also it's um, it is very much like that early cinephile film that you're talking. Yeah. It's a gateway film. It is, and it's one of those ones where I've revisited almost every single Paul Thomas Anderson film multiple times. Yeah, there will be blood I've seen probably three or four times. Yeah. 
Uh, you know, Boogie Nights, Boogie I Nights. can watch anytime. Same as Goodfellas, Chuck It On. Yeah, it's the same sort of movie. It's fun. Yeah. It's like a roller coaster. Chuck It On. It's like a roller coaster. We're all having fun. <laughs> you've got your waiting in line, and then you've got <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman with a boom mic dangling overhead. Like, oh, I'm fucking sorry. I'm an idiot. I'm, I'm a fucking, fucking idiot. idiot. I'm a fucking but fat Magnolia. Is uh, the film that Paul Thomas Anderson made after mm. his father died, and it fucking feels like it. Yeah, it's I'm... three. It's three hours long. Yeah. It's about death. It's about grief. It's about cheating. It's got a quiz show element in it. It has a kid who wants to piss in it. It has yeah. a sequence where everyone sings a song, mm-hmm. and then it has great a, song, great song, and then it has frogs falling from the sky and mm. hitting Billy uh, and Macy in the face. William S. Macy, it's, his wife is in prison as we speak. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. And that's why I can't revisit it because I'm worried that it's a lot and you do the math and it don't add up. Yeah, yeah. Carry the two. This movie is a bit fucking crazy. Carry the two. Where'd it go? It's over here. You do the math. Okay, I did the math. But I tell you what, of, of the the element of this movie that I think will never mm-hmm. go out of date uh-huh. is Tom Cruise's performance. Yes, because it is magnificent. It's this movie magnificent. is Magnolia, but it's magnificent. It's also a performance that's ahead of its time because this the character that he plays, Frank DJ Mackey, is. A, a, ty- a trope of a man that we now know very well thanks mm-hmm. to the internet, which is this sort of like angry white man in cell. Mm. Um, what's what's the phrase I'm looking for? The like phrase a, you're looking for is pickup artist. Pickup artist. <laughs> and Thank the way you. I phrased it that way was because <laughs> I didn't know it either. It's pickup artist. And, yeah. and this is It's like, the game, baby. This is a long time before the game. Yeah, years. But obviously, this type of person existed in LA and in the San Fernando Valley, this kind of like hyper macho man who taught mm-hmm. workshops on how other men should behave around yeah. women. I didn't know about it until this movie. And then it was like 10 years later that the f- phrase pickup artist mm. even entered my yeah. conscious. So, and yeah. they are real artists. They are artists. <laughs> they are. <laughs> They're artists. Okay? And sometimes you've got to learn to separate the art from the pickup artist. Yeah, exactly. I've learned a lot of good stuff from these guys, <laughs> like how to be mean to chicks. <laughs> this performance is wild. It's so it's it's a fucking I put it up there with a um a Tom Cruise auteur role mm, because he yeah. created this role yeah. with Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. It's so different to what it was on paper. Yeah. He created the wardrobe. He created the way the guy moved, mm. spoke. They improv- He improvised a lot of the dialogue based on, you know, like rough notes that were given to him. He added dramatic beats to this movie that weren't there. Yeah. And also, it was written for him because Paul Thomas Anderson was a big Tom Cruise fan and he knew that Tom Cruise had... A, a strained relationship with his father. Really? And when uh, we've talked about this before, when Tom Cruise's father mm. passed away, his father, his father passed away. Tom Cruise got back in touch with him for the first time in a long time mm. in order to make peace before he died. Wow. That is what this movie is about. Yeah. The climax of the movie is Tom Cruise sitting at his father's deathbed, making peace with him. Yeah. The role was written for him and it's the most, emotionally raw Tom Cruise performance that you'll ever see. And I think him having that scene partner, Jason Robards, yeah. great. One of the great supporting character actors mm. ever. Mm. He won for um, all the president's men. Mm. Where he played the same character that Tom Hanks plays in the yes. post. Yeah. Um, and I think that him in Magnolia, I think it's his final performance as well. It might be. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of, oh, there's a lot going on here. Fun, fun tidbit for anyone who's a PTA fan. Uh, the movie The Master, yeah, which is um, set post World War Two. A lot of the stories, um, a lot of the scenes in that where you see Wakeen Phoenix on a boat yep. where he's like draining the fluid from a torpedo and turning yeah. that into hooch, yeah, or going AWOL or making a woman out of sand on the mm. beach and jerking off to it. Yeah. These are all stories that came from Jason Robards mm. on set of this movie. He was a World wow. War II veteran who would tell these crazy stories to the cast on set wow. and tell Paul Thomas Anderson, oh, we used to make sandcastles out of women and jerk off to them and Jesus. all that kind of shit. And then yeah. that all made its way into the master. So it's there is a legacy in this mm. movie. It's a tough three-hour watch. Yeah. And everyone's on a fucking high alert. 
yeah. think Julianne Moore starts the movie mid crying and ends yeah. the movie like screaming. There's, yeah. It's tough to get through, but it's worth it for this Tom Cruise performance and especially for his scenes with Jason Robards and basically a wordless Philip Seymour Hoffman oh, who also man. gives a outstanding the performance. The only word he says, I'm fucking sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. idiot. I'm fucking, I'm fucking idiot. idiot. I'm sorry. Um, I haven't seen it in a really long ass time and I think you just inspired mm. me to buy the Blu-ray. <laughs> I'm glad I can add more clutter to Blu-ray Studios. Well, you know, put a little little plaque of you next to that little title on Blu-ray Thank Studios you. up here. Thank you very much. That was me pressing pause on the podcast <laughs> to take a little moment to plug Generation Batuta, a new podcast brought to you by the Batuta Advocate. Only available now on Spotify. Generation Batuta is a half-hour news segment on the country's premier station, Desert Rock FM. The show is hosted by Louis Burke, who fiercely brings the truth to the most often forgotten Australian demographic, the youth. Covering the most important issues in the nation, pill testing, sniffer dogs and weird sex stuff to make sure you listen until the end. Generation Batuta also keeps you up to date with national and world news, as well as the incidents that are isolated to Batuta. The show often features investigative reports, social issues, and discussion via the text line, as well as interviews with interesting people, experts, and politicians, before topping it all off with ripping tune banger from the most erect new artists. It's all presented by Louis Berg, the questionably older voice of the youth who is joined by social justice reporter Katrina Sacramento and youth gonzo journalist at Evan97, <laughs> who risk life, limb and clout to bring you the stories that matter to you and the other five members of your share. House. Plus with a controversial mayor, racist cooking show and deforestation that is endangering dozens of native bush dwarfs. It goes without saying, there's a lot to unpack, but Louis and the Generation Batuta team will be able to do it with the open ears of the woke youth and the open mouth of entitled, privately educated adults. It's funny, dude. Check it out or just honestly go to heck. What do you think of that? I think that sounds great. I can't wait for it. Let's have a little listen to of what it sounds like right now. G'day, listeners. Louis Burke here with Generation Batuta. The stories that matter to you and the other five members of your share house. Open your ears and blow your minds as our weekly youth program brings you stories about pill testing, climate change, and a cheeky story about sex to make sure you listen until the end. I am. You are. We are. Generation Batuta. Generation Batuta. Tune in now on Desert Rock FM, or if you don't live in Batuta, listen free, only on Spotify. Man, I'm so excited for this podcast. I think the Batuta Advocate guys do so much exciting stuff with Australian comedy right now. It's so the cutting edge of what feels like uh, Australian comedy has been building up to. It's beautiful satire. And not only that, I know that my dearest friend, Cameron James, is on this freaking podcast. I mean, I do a couple of voices for it. They, You're the star, you I'm told me. I'm not the star. I You've never said I was the for star. Months that I'm the star of this. <laughs> Show. I said I do two voices in the fucking thing. Look, you said, sit down, I'm about to tell you something amazing. I'm the star of this new podcast. I go, <laughs> okay, okay, what is it? I love Batuta. I love those guys. They make me laugh every day. I'm jealous of them because they write better satire than I do most mm-hmm. of the time. And that pisses me off because yes. your job is <laughs> my job is to write satire. <laughs> <laughs> so I love Batuta Advocate and you guys are going to love Generation Batuta. Listen to it on Spotify. It's funny as fuck. It's funny, it's sexy, it's cool, and baby, that's what I like about it. The next movie is one that we chose together, mm. where it's another sub. I think all the ones we've picked are almost like the subversion of the star. Well, I have a thought on that, but yeah, get to mm. it. Get to it. So mm. this one that we're talking about is directed by one of the most masculine directors of all time. Mm. It's mm. about Michael Mann's Collateral. Yes. Not to be confused with Collateral Damage, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is a movie that I think is so funny because. It's a word that Arnold can't say. Collateral damage. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon they came out around the same time and I rented the wrong one for the video <laughs> store. 
I love Collateral. Yeah, me too. It's one of those movies that I can rewatch anytime. Yeah, we studied it in screenwriting class. They were really? like, chuck this one on. I think we have to read this as script a piece as well. of efficient storytelling. Mm, efficient storytelling. It is. It is very efficient. Almost too efficient at times. Yeah. It's efficient called Wanda. Where, you know, you go, if you want something to be efficient but doesn't wander around enough either. Yeah, I'm laughing so hard at that. Yeah, you're really smiling. You're not upset at me or anything yeah, for yeah, saying yeah. something not funny on the <laughs> podcast. That's, and it's illicit laughter from the audience. You're proud of me for a change, you know? <laughs> <laughs> now, what do you like about Collateral? Uh, you've said that this is a subversion of the star. Mm, yeah, and I think you might be right in challenging me on that. Yeah. What I like about it is Tom Cruise has grey hair. <laughs> and Tom Cruise has a beard <laughs> I've always loved his look in this movie Do you think he's hot? I think it's an iconic look It is, I think right? it's an absolutely iconic look He's got this silver hair Yeah That little stubbly beard uh-huh. It's the first time stubble was ever utilized To be like To be got like Oh, that's sexy Or that's like That's an attractive He's got a movie. sick suit on He's got that silver suit And you know I love a silver grey suit Yeah That's my fate That's yeah. my thing Yeah If anyone says anything about me That's my thing You love a silver grey suit <laughs> I love a silver grey suit Yeah A shiny suit I wore one to my formal my That's prom. awesome, dude Wish <laughs> I could have been there Yeah and I, We didn't wear a tie And I had a gun Just like Tom Cruise <laughs> <laughs> but I think that I what I like about that is that <clears throat> I like <clears throat> sorry I'm losing my voice now. What I like about this film is that efficiency. I love its simple premise of uh, that like subversion of that midnight run kind yeah. of body it's like film. The movie Stuber. It's a lot like Stuber, but a lot <laughs> less stupid. That should be the new tagline to the movie. It's a like Stuber, but a lot less stupid. <laughs> Where it's a cabbie and a cranky joining up. <laughs> cabbie and a cranky? <laughs> yeah, that cast a cabbie and a cranky yeah. dynamic. A hitman, you know, what... blackmails, or a cabbie into driving around all night mm-hmm. so he can do his hits. Yeah. And they get to know each other along the way. Yeah, it's a hitman and a shitman. Dude, that's sick. That's yeah, sick. it's awesome. But uh, funny you should say that thing about a subversion of, of the star. Mm. You know, it's... It is in a way because he was being cast as a pure villain, which mm. doesn't really happen often for Tom Cruise and, yeah. and definitely hadn't at this point. But there's this wonderful book that you own and, and I now own because of you. I bought a copy for you. You bought a copy for me. It's, it's a, my favorite book on film probably. It's great. Yeah, I love it. Mm. I've, I always end up flicking through it mm. and reading the, reading the essays in it again. It's by uh, Kahiju Cinema, Anatomy of an Actor. Tom Cruise by Amy Nicholson. Who is probably my favourite film critic. I love Amy Nicholson. Yeah, and she's kind of picked 10 iconic roles of Tom Cruise and kind of given hefty, like, mm. pages to yeah. to why they're so important, really. Yeah. There's a lot of great stuff in here, a lot of great pull quotes mm. and um, detailed stuff. There's one part, I can't remember what movie it would be for. It must be for... It must be for... Interview with a Vampire, mm. or possibly Magnolia, where there's a quote from Tom Cruise where he's upset at the fact that any time he plays a bad guy, that's all that gets written about. Mm. That people go, uh, performing against type as mm. a bad guy is Tom Cruise. And he's like, listen, man, I've pretty much only ever played assholes. Yeah. Look back through my film history. Yeah. Look at Rain Man. I'm a cunt in that. Look yeah. at Top Gun. I'm a piece of shit in that movie. Yeah. I'm always playing an asshole, but yet it's just every now and then I play an outright villain in quotation marks. Mm. That's when people go, oh, look, he has range. He can yeah. play bad too. But he's doing the same thing. He's just not yeah. the hero. He's of the like, movie. I'm always played a bad guy. Mm. It's just that now I'm um, like, when I smile. There's yeah. like a bit of menace in it. Yeah. And I think what this movie does, it uses the psychotic movie star energy of Tom Cruise to mm. create that sense of an unstoppable weapon. Mm. And I think him going up against Jamie Foxx uh, in this film, I think that's exciting. I love Jamie Foxx as yeah, well. Yeah, a big Jamie Foxx guy. And I think in this film in particular, this was his big year, Jamie Foxx. Best Supporting Actor nomination for this. Best Actor win at the Oscars for Ray. Oh, dude. Yeah. The Ray Romano biopic that he that he's in. <laughs> and he did a pretty good job playing Italian. Yeah, I know. He can do anything. He can do absolutely anything, he, including Deborah. 
He's, uh, bro. There's a whole scene where he he finally he, fucks him. Fi- you finally see him fucked him. It goes in. After you see it those, go in <laughs> after all these years, and it's so exciting and <laughs> like and God, sexual. Ray, everybody does love you. Everybody loves you, mm. Jamie Fox. Oh everybody, we really put the body in. Everybody what? loves Raven because he's got a hot rig. <laughs> Why don't people talk about Jamie Fox more as like a one mm. of the greats? Right? Yeah, he's so funny. He's such a funny comedian. Yeah, does. Or pretty much exclusively dramatic acting. God, we have to do a full Jamie Foxx episode. <laughs> it's crazy. His and it's going to be about the rise so of Electro only. <laughs> yeah. Because he yeah. does like, his stand up is crazy and like mm. very Def Jam, very yeah. over the top, funny, act yeah. outs, physical. His impressions are like, he's one of the great impressionists. I mean, he won an Oscar for doing an impression yeah. of Ray Charles. Yeah. Like, that's, there's it, no denying it. It's a good performance, but it is an impression. It's an impression. And it, he is one of the all time great impressionists. Yeah. And yet, he almost exclusively yeah. does drama. Does the soloist. Really good yeah. drama. Stuff like soloist, stuff like um, Horrible Bosses. Rise of Electroid. Rise of well, Electroid. that's the thing. When yeah. he shows up in Horrible Bosses mm. or Baby Driver, yeah. it's rare. You go, oh, yeah. shit, he's playing like a kind of comedy character. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this never happens. This never happens. Due date's another comedy. Oh, uh, yeah. But then it's like always Dream Girls. Mm. Uh, law-abiding citizen and stuff. Yeah. He is someone that's, I think, comparable to Tom Cruise in, like, their tenacity energy, and also I think he was married to Katie Holmes secretly. <laughs> I think So that... they're Eskimo brothers. <laughs> I think so. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Collateral Rules. It's, um, it's also maybe the beginning of this period, at least in my life, where I became aware that watching Tom Cruise run is one of life's greatest <sighs> joys. Those hands. He doesn't close his fists like people normally do when they run or have like a floppy hand. He has those scyther like yeah. like these knives cutting yeah. the air so yeah. he can get a little bit of speed breaking through it, you know? <laughs> He's breaking the sound barrier with his hands. Oh, that's very exciting. Uh and also the the way that the he undoes his button on his jacket, it's mm. just like very, very cool. I've copied that. Mm. Move. He keeps on doing it and undoing it and like then you see it he undoes it and it almost gives him like a little going up a gear in speed when he's running. Yeah, I've definitely stolen the unbutton <sighs> move from him. Sitting down going to sit down at a formal dinner with yeah. a jacket. <laughs> Call me that Vincent. little button. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, also Vincent, just a cool name. Cool name for to have a character with only one name. Then you've also got great performances. Jada Pinkett Smith is great oh, yeah. in this movie. Yeah, yep, yep. uh, Mark <coughs> Ruffalo, Peter Berg, and oh, and Javier Bardem is in this. I reckon this might have been one of the first times I remember seeing Javier Bardem. Is he? Yeah, he is. Um, oh God, is like a cartel drug lord, right? He's one of the targets, I think. I love the cartel, dude. Yeah, you love cartel. Yeah, I'm I love a cartel. you. Love cartel. I love a la carte. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's the one that hires him. Oh, he right, hires right, him. Right, yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Right. Um, and we're up to our final film. Yeah, our final flick, and this one is truly maybe the most subversion of them all. Right. It's definitely the most insane choice that we've made, mm. but I stand by it. I stand by it. And Amy has it in her book. I think it's if it's worthy of Amy in her book, then it's worthy of us discussing. Mm. And I think in large part because this brings us back to our territory. Yeah. This brings us back to yucking it up. Yes. Yucking it, fucking it, and sucking it. <laughs> being funny, being yeah. a cunny. Yeah, All being a funny cunny. And Tom Cruise, I mean, he's never not funny. Yeah. He's really funny, he's but really he's funny. also never not funny. And you also, I don't think Tom Cruise gets jokes. I think if you were to say a simple joke to Tom Cruise, he would laugh, but you're like, the guy doesn't he know. He doesn't get it. it. The guy hasn't done the math in his head for why yeah, this is yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, ah, you're a stinker, you funny fella. But this movie, it's maybe the only pure comedic role he's ever done. Yeah. In his entire freaking life. I mean, yeah, you could classify stuff like, you know, risky business as sure. funny, comedy. Jerry Maguire, yes, technically it's a, it's a rom-com. rom-com. But it's heavy. It's light on both, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a rom-com heavy on the sports. Definitely. Heavy on the sports, heavy on the male <laughs> drama and stuff like that. Heavy on the Jay Moore. Heavy on Show Me the Money. Show Me the Money. The Jay Moore of it all. Yeah, exactly. The all Cooper of, that. of it all. The Cuba Gooding. Cuba not so gooding. <laughs> from what I understand. From what I've been days. hearing. From, from what I've been picking up with the trades. 
give a not so good egg, uh, Junior. <laughs> We're talking, of course, about a little flick from 2008. Low those many years ago. What yeah. a simple time. It was a simple time. A time. You truly couldn't make this movie today. You absolutely of, couldn't. Of any movie, people go like, oh, you couldn't make... Um, you definitely couldn't make your freaking Blazing Saddles today. It's like, yes, they did. It's called Sausage Party, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you know, there's all those movies like that. It's a broad, out there, wild comedy. Yeah. You couldn't do it today. This is the only one where I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is the one you couldn't you do couldn't today. You couldn't do it today. And it's Tropic Thunder. And you certainly couldn't get an Oscar nomination for playing the controversial character in it, which he did. Uh, Mr. Downey. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. I, look, I'm, I stand by his performance Me in too. that. And uh, speaking of Jamie Foxx, Jamie Foxx was on, I think it was, um, it was either, no, it was Joe Rogan's mm. podcast. I don't listen to it very regularly, but I do if it's a good guest. Yep. And, and Jamie Foxx is and one of them. And you love all the guests. I love every single one of them. So I'm in the experiment, dude. When I'm Cameron the says he listens to it when it's a good guest, he means when it's a male. When it's one of the guys. <laughs> when it's a fella. When it's Ari Shafir <laughs> or Tony Hinchcliffe. Or, or any guy that you've opened for instead yeah, yeah, of going yeah. that you yeah. want to get a greater insight for. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he had Jamie Foxx on and Joe Rogan asked him, mm. How do you feel about... Well, I was talking about blackface. Yeah. He said, how do you feel about Robert Downey Jr. in blackface yeah. in Tropic Thunder? And it was nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. And Jamie Foxx goes to bat for yeah. Robert Downey Jr. He's like, yeah, Robert... He goes, oh, Robert Downey Jr. is one of our guys. Wow. Like, he's cool. Yeah. He can do it. Also, it's very clear what the movie is parodying. And it's about that. It's not misunderstanding mm. it. It's not doing blackface for the sake of doing blackface. Yeah. It's doing it to make commentary on Hollywood. It's about appropriation. Exactly. And I, I stand by that too. But that's not who we're talking about. We're yeah. talking about Tom Cruise's role in this movie. As one of the, the most aptly named characters, yeah. Les Grossman. And it's... So funny. It is so weird. One of his stipulations for doing this, like, was that I don't know whose idea it was to get him in. It I was think, Ben. Was it Ben Stiller? Ben wanted him to play a really small part mm. in the movie, and then they started talking. He was just going to play an action, like yep. a stuntman or something. Yeah. And then they would started talking about making big budget action movies, and Tom Cruise said, "Well, you know who you should have in this movie is like the studio executive." Mm. And then Ben Stiller went away and wrote this role for yeah. Tom Cruise. Wow. Yeah. And I remember Tom Cruise uh, <clears throat> reading about this. Uh, when I worked on the TV show Show Me the Movie, this was one of the things I had to research was yeah. this character. Because uh, it was like, oh, true or false, what is all this shit? And one of the things was that Tom Cruise, one of his stipulations was he has to dance mm. and he has to have big hands. That's so crazy. Yeah. And he got both those. He things. got both. He of gets them. two dance sequences and the world's biggest hands. And the world's biggest hands. And uh, it's interesting because Ben Stiller and Tom Cruise. There's another thing that I've seen them in together is on my VHS copy that my dad had at his little divorced dad flat. <laughs> one of the few VHS tapes that we had there yeah. was a movie called Mission Impossible Two. Yeah, Water Rats, Sydney movie. <laughs> Said Sydney, and at the end of the tape, after the credits, it was when they had like bonus features just at the end of things, a little mm. bit of extra for your money to get a little more yeah. entertainment. And it was a sketch of behind the scenes making of that movie, probably for MTV Movie Awards, I would suggest. Yeah, I think it was something like that where uh, Ben Stiller plays Tom Cruise's. Stunt double, yeah. Called, who literally changed his name to Tom Cruise, C R O O Z E. Yeah, and I always thought that was so funny. I loved it. And I this remember is like that. a full feature version of that, basically. Yeah, I was such a big fan of that stupid sketch. Mm. Ben, seeing uh, it was the first time I saw Tom Cruise being mildly funny, and yeah. he's, he's being the straight man. Yeah, up against Ben Stiller, and it's a role that he's been playing in real life. From what, I, from what I've heard, that is from what I suggest, so controversial. It's controversial. It's a role that I hear he plays in real life. Okay, and the world is a stage for him. Okay, that's from what I understand. Okay, I don't <laughs> know if 
Oh, I've heard this rumor. <laughs> oh, uh, please don't break any more news to me about my other favorite <laughs> actors, whose names are Tom, uh, John Travolta. Okay, John Travolta. And my lips are sealed. Maybe Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy, George Clooney. <laughs> Gary Grant, I won't say any of your favourite actors, any rumours oh, I've heard about At them. least I've still got Rock Hudson. <laughs> God, okay. Well, you know, I won't tell you about what I heard about Marlon Brando and Richard Pryor either. Oh, no. <laughs> Why are you upset by me? <laughs> what character are you playing? Oh, like, oh no. no. All my actors have to be straight. <laughs> All my favourite actors have to be straight. Please. Please don't let me have non-straight actors. <laughs> it makes me feel scared about my own masculinity. What does it say about me? Do I gay? Do yeah. I? Do I gay? <laughs> I don't know. You do the math. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Tom Cruise, very funny in this role. Almost to the point where he, like... He considered making a sequel to it. Yeah, there was all the Les talk. Grossman movie. I can't imagine what it would be. I reckon awful. It would be awful unless they made like, like you know. Clearly, we know who that is inspired by. A yeah. disgraced the fat big cunt, yeah, Mister Harvey Weinstein. Actually, just Harvey Weinstein. I'm not going to give him the moniker no, of saying no. Monster him, Harvey. Weinstein. Yeah, Monster Harvey Weinstein. Anyone who's been done by me too <laughs> should get there. <laughs> It's M N R. Yeah, they get Mr. Change of Monster. <laughs> they get and they officially have to get introduced as that. I'd like to introduce to Mr. Monster Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> Monster and Kevin Spacey. Monster Kevin Spacey. And now, uh, let me just double check. Yes, Monster. <laughs> you can't say that. I can't say it. This is going to be deleted from the podcast. Just kidding. We're leaving it in. We're leaving it in. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, maybe you're right. The only way to go down that role is to really turn him into this villain who yeah. gets, like, I don't know, de- who's dealing with the ramifications of his yeah. uh, sinister, gross life. Or we just, you know, it's a movie where they kill him or something. Yeah, Les Grossman yeah. gets shot in the head. It's a very funny performance. and mm. um, But he's it's funny in that Tom cruise way, mm. which is that it's not funny, if you yeah. know what I mean. Like... The comedy comes from, like, he's so intense and so dramatic and so full on. He's not being silly. Yeah. He's just being intense. And the the laugh mm. comes from when you cut away to other people's faces. Yeah. Like, you see Bill Hader's shocked face yeah. or you see everyone flinching from his Because this intensity. guy has no idea. Mm. He's got no idea. Yeah, he's funny, but not in a... He's not a comedian. Yeah, no, he's not a comedian. Tom Cruise, not funny, but he's funny in one movie. But if he did a stand-up tour, yeah, I'd go. I would go, because yeah. I'm like, what? Well, I mean, he probably will do that. Not stand-up, but like, you know, talk about Scientology. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd I would sick. go. Yeah, I'd go watch him talk about Scientology. Yeah, be interesting. Yeah, be really sexy. Yeah, be sexy to hear him talk about it. <laughs> well, those are our four iconic roles, really. We touched mm. on a few other ones here and there as well. Um, you, they think he's. I mean, Tom Cruise is one of our faves. He's one of our guys. Yeah. This next week on the podcast, the main feed, we're going to be talking about the one time Tom Cruise worked with Martin Scorsese, mm. uh, in The Color of Money, the sequel to The Hustler. Yeah. It's an interesting film. I haven't seen it for a very long time. I'm excited to talk about it. I've never seen it. I think you're going to be into it. Okay, okay, okay. It's Scorsese. It's Tom Cruise. I it's hope Paul they Newman. reveal finally what the color of money is. I think it's red. Okay. I like $20 bills in Australia. <laughs> a lobster. A lobster. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about that. So that's coming up. And uh, keep giving us suggestions for these yeah. little spin-off uh, Total Respect. Total Respect. You know, I think that... I was so happy we came with that. Total Respect. <laughs> yeah, chuck who you want in a Total Respect in the Facebook group uh, attached to the us going, hey, this episode's out. Yeah, that post is what I was trying to say. Yes, please tag us in the thing when we go. Someone that, that you will love to do. We talk about doing Diane Keaton and stuff like that. In yeah, Diane Keaton is a huge one. I would mm. love to do Diane Keaton. Yeah, she'll be really close up there for me. I would also love to do one of my favorite fellas. I just turned around and saw him, mm. Bob Hoskins. Yeah, you're a big Hoskins head. Love Bob Hoskins. In fact, you lent me. Was it the Long Good Friday? Yeah, Long Good Friday. Yeah, that was. 
eye-opening for how great he is, yeah. really. And I, I always loved him, but it was a whole other side to him I hadn't God. seen before. I reckon we got to put Bob Hoskins <laughs> up in one of the next ones, Diane Keaton up in one of the next ones. Yeah. But we want your suggestions too, because there's people chucking in people like Nicolas Cage. I'm like, oh my God, yeah. we have yeah. to. We need to show our utmost total respect to these legends. And, yeah. Uh, we, we need your help. We need your help. Who do you want us to pay total respect to? We're waiting now, and hopefully you've answered it out loud, and maybe we've heard it. You've just had a thought of who you want. You're posting a GIF into that post of who you think would be an interesting person for us to discuss yeah. and pay total respect we're to. We're looking at that GIF. We're nodding to each other. We're going, yes. That's the person okay. we're going to do. Okay, that's the one. Coming up next, Robert Lozier. <laughs> <laughs> And that was our very special total respect to Thomas Cruise Mapathar the Third. We hope you all enjoyed it. If you liked what you heard, there is plenty more like it in the Patreon for five bucks a month. Lots more bullshit out there. I'll tell you something that's actually bullshit right now, Cameron. Mm. Listening back to that freaking episode, I reckon we should take the title total respect off it because I think we disrespected our hero Thomas Cruise Mapathar the Third. Excuse me? Excuse you? Excuse me, dude. We forgot his most iconic role to us, and I feel like we're freaking bozos, boneheads, uh, goofers for forgetting it. The guy freaking played our hero, Austin Powers, (laughs) and we did a whole episode (laughs) where we did not address that whatsoever. I cannot believe we forgot Austin Pussy. He's the star of Austin Pussy, directed by Steven Spielberg. Austin Pussy. He's been directed by Steven Spielberg a few times. War of the Worlds, Austin Pussy, maybe a Minority Report. And that's the one that's the most important. We forgot it. I can't believe that. I feel like a fool. I feel like an absolute fool. I feel like a tool. And I feel like a cool baby because I love podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) So that bonus episode was brought to you once again by Generation Batuta. Check it out on Spotify. You can listen to it right now. Right there on Spotify. It's a great podcast. Cameron's in it. He's very funny mm-hmm. in it. Heaps of our other friends are in it, like Nino Oyama. I know Conchetta Caristo's in an episode coming up. Yeah, Becky Lucas is in it as well. Um, there's a few people. It's really funny. You'll have a good time listening to it. Also, we'd love to give a huge shout out to Sans Pants for their constant support and also for hooking us up with these self-isolation microphones so Mm. we can record from our respective studios. Yes. Uh, Mine's a respected studio and yours is a soon-to-be completely obsolete studio. Unfortunately, Blu-rays is the future. They're hard-coded. You can't scratch them. Well, dude, as long as there's me, myself, and Irene, there will be a DVD (laughs) studio. Cameron, we are launching a brand new mini-series that is not too dissimilar from the situation that we're in right now, currently in our isolated studios. Uh, Coming out on the podcast feed to you next week is a very exciting mini-series, one that we've had on our books for a long time, but we thought, heck, no time like the present day to chuck out a little bit of Masterpiece for you. And here's our masterpiece. (laughs) It's a film festival called the Stuck Indoors Film Festival. Where we're going to be talking about one of the most classic films of all time. uh, Directed by Alfred Hitchcock. And a couple of its, I guess, rip-offs. Or movies that are heavily inspired by it. I think rip-offs is fair enough. We rarely touch on rip-offs on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Even though it's part of our mission statement. But they just... They rarely come up, but here is a true example of a classic film that has been completely and utterly plagiarized multiple times. <laughs> Sometimes so, more gets involved with it, including yeah. one of our episodes that we're going to be talking about. Uh, exactly. What is so that stuck, first movie, baby? Stuck Indoors Film Festival is launching with Rear Window by a man that some people call Hitch, but we prefer to call Cock. <laughs> Alfred Hitch. Cock, baby. Very cool. So and all we'll you cock babies that- out there, enjoy it. We're <laughs> going to bring you a huge cock episode next week. And then after that, Cameron, what do we have? We're going to be following that up with Disturbia by my favourite disc jockey, DJ Caruso. <laughs> <laughs> I thought your favourite was DJ Qualls. Oh, he's my second favourite disc jockey. For oh, sure. okay, okay. <laughs> The new guy? I love him. I love the new guy. The new guy was a movie I saw in cinemas and it was the first time I saw a film where I was like, 
Oh, so they're not all good. <laughs> and then we're going to follow that up with an Aussie classic Road Games, which will be uh, fun because I've never seen that one. Oh, it's one of my all-time favourite Australian films. It's like Rear Window, but set on a semi-trailer going through the Australian outback with Stacey Keach and Jamie Lee Curtis. So... It's right up your alley if you like this podcast. And a little bonus episode we're going to be chucking in there up on the Patreon is what, Cam? Ooh, are we going to do it? We're going to tell people what it is? I reckon, I reckon. It's a good one to jump in on. All right, well, we've decided... Uh, this is actually decided by people in the Patreon group on the Cinephile Registry. And our we partners. And our partners as well. We were told that how can we discuss Rewindow and its ripoffs? without discussing the most iconic one of all, that being the episode of The Simpsons where Bart breaks his leg and pretty much becomes Jimmy Stewart from Rear Window. We're talking about Bart of Darkness. Season 6, episode 1, baby. We're going to be doing it here on the Patreon episodes for the podcast. Uh, So enjoy those. They're going to be coming your way soon. Stay safe out there, everybody. Isolate yourselves with this podcast if you can. We promise that we won't cough on the air. (laughs) (laughs) I was holding my fingers crossed. Oh, no. (laughs) Love you, babies. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Listen to Generation Batuta. G'day, listeners. Louis Burke here with Generation Batuta. The stories that matter to you and the other five members of your share house. Open your ears and blow your minds as our weekly youth program brings you stories about pill testing, climate change, and a cheeky story about sex to make sure you listen until the end. Our crack production team includes social justice reporter Katrina Sakamoto, who has brought you stories such as... Meet the bodybuilders who are challenging toxic masculinity by lifting heavy floral arrangements. And youth gonzo journalist Ever97, who goes deep to bring you stories like... Have you ever pretended to like some cool music just to fit in? Turns out, ants do it too. And I, back in the studio, will be reading your messages, speaking to the people you want to hear from, and the occasional conservative backbencher in the interest of fairness. I am, you are, we are, Generation Batuta. Generation Batuta. Tune in now on Desert Rock FM, or if you don't live in Batuta, listen free, only on Spotify.